It's that time again, fellers, as Doctrinal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. We have a lot of action ahead on the divisional round preview for the NFL playoffs. Uh, before we get into the show, uh, feel free to call us at 405-562-5463 with your opinions or text us at 77948 and you have to start your text message with the word text, space, and then uh, whatever your message is and, and we'll get it. Um, all right, Rich, our always faithful Rich Pyle, uh, here you go, take over. All righty, uh, good evening, guys, so, you know, sorry about running a little late this evening, I know we had a technical issue going on, uh, let's go ahead and get right into things, uh, Peter, what do you got for us tonight for your rant? <clears throat> Mine's about, uh, people, people still calling out Blair Walsh for a kick, I've read some pretty nasty comments online, and really not get into it because I've beat this like a dead horse. People really need to stop blaming the kicker and start blaming the offense. the defense for that one broken play. Uh, but really, the offense of Minnesota has struggled. The wide receivers just aren't that good. And I've been I've said this numerous times on the show that Patterson and Mike Walsh are the same receiver. And outside of that, you know, uh, Biggs looks like a pretty good young receiver, but they don't really have that many options to throw the ball to. And Adrian Peterson can only do much against a defense like that. That's the kind of defense where they know what you're going to do on stop you and unfortunately when you have guys that can run deep patterns and slants but can't catch those balls you're not gonna be able to do much uh you know so people need to leave him alone the kicker Blair Walsh alone he's the only reason they put points on the board Minnesota was lucky to even put any points about any points on the board period in this game because of how bad the offense was to lay up the kicker and blame the offense for doing a horrible job that's all I gotta say Leave Blair alone. <laughs> I was actually – I got to point to this real quick. I watched the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 on the four falls of Buffalo. If anybody hasn't seen it, you need to watch it. It's outstanding. It's on Netflix. Uh, outstanding. But they talk about um, their kicker, Scott Norwood, in the first uh, Super Bowl that they made it to, uh, shanks the kick to the right. And then the next year – uh, you know, has an amazing kicking season and makes every field goal of the postseason he hit. He didn't miss a single one the whole postseason. But still to this day, if you bring up the name Scott Norwood, your, immediately, your immediate response is, oh, yeah, he shanked that kick against the Giants. Uh, I mean, that's what he's known for. And he was a really good kicker, and it ended his career prematurely because I think the stigma about that kick. But he was an excellent kicker, and, and you kind of see in the documentary him uh, dealing with that, and you really feel for the guy because he was a good kicker, and he, it's still a – I mean, you know, everybody makes mistakes. He just happened to do it at the, at the wrong time. And Blair Walsh is kind of the same thing. I mean, he's a great kicker. He's a really good kicker. He made more field goals than any other kicker this whole season. Uh, so, and the the sad part is we talked about on the Monday show about how it necessarily you know we got into the big big debate on whether it was or was not his fault either. So that's something looking forward to. Uh, speaking of coaches across the league, they just was a plethora of new hires. 
Ryan, why don't you give everybody a rundown of what went happened or what happened today? Yeah, we did have a big day today as far as uh, the coaching world. The first one, obviously, uh, a big one, is Chip Kelly hired by the San Francisco 49ers, um, which is a huge hire. They're not going to have the press conference until next week. Then and another thing that I saw interesting that uh, I don't think everybody's talked about or everybody's seen yet is they are not giving him uh, personnel uh, the ability to make personnel decisions by himself, and they're not giving him the ability to hire coaches by himself it's still going to be a joint process for him to even hire his own coaching staff which i thought was pretty interesting oh i was just going to say that's probably the smartest thing you can do after the debacle in philly i wonder how long that lasts though goes 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 they get a power yeah you know that's i was thought about the same thing too they go like 11 and 6 next year and he's the general manager as well (laughs) like yeah um so I thought that was an interesting hire, of course, you know, a big name in this league. Uh, we got, like, more news around the league here. Um, Tennessee, uh, the other day, I hired their – the Tennessee Titans hired their general manager, um, John Robinson, who was the director of player personnel at uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, you guys all, being Patriots fan, are familiar with him because he was with your team for 12 seasons. Brought in a lot of talent. I mean, he was responsible for drafting, you know, Gronkowski, uh, Julian Edelman, uh, Chandler Jones. I mean, a lot of the foundation of the team that you guys have today, uh, he's the one that brought him into town. And so he's coming in, and now it looks like it's going to be a two-man race uh, between McDaniels and Mike Malarkey. The ownership really loves uh, Mike Malarkey. But the the fans don't, and then ownership knows that that the fans are not huge on the the keeping of Mike Malarkey. Josh McDaniels is the popular pick with them, uh, so we're gonna have to see how this shakes out because uh, you know they want to, the fans obviously to be happy. That's the name of the game in the NFL. You know, happy fans equals jersey sales equals ticket sales, of course, um, and the, the like. So see what ends up happening there. Um, but another thing I wanted to bring up actually real quick about Chip Kelly, I wanted to ask you all a real quick question. Does Kaepernick stay? Is, is Kaepernick the, the man now, or are we still going to see Kaepernick move on from the team? I think, I think he's probably someone Chip Kelly's looked at, even with the Eagles. And he stays. I think he, on paper, I think he fits their system now. I'm going to agree. I think we're here to see what he can do under Chip Kelly's system. There, I think Chip Kelly is a probably the perfect coach for Colin Kaepernick just based on the system that Chip Kelly runs. You saw with the Eagles. Uh, but he didn't exactly have the quarterback to run it. I mean, Michael Vick was the right style quarterback, but he was at the tail end of his career at that point. Nick Foles is an athletic and Sam Bradford. I understand why you would have a guy with a, with a bad knee or with knee issue, history of knee issues, trying to run a read option or whatever kind of, kind of office it was where you pick your hand off on almost every play. To me, Colin Kaepernick would be a lot more dangerous in this offense um, than any other quarterback Chip Kelly's had. So one more year, maybe two, because he might need two years to fit into that system. But, you know, at the same time, I'm sure that your family is not exactly pleased with what Colin Kaepernick gave them since he signed that contract, um, that big contract a couple of years ago. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch some Alright, being out there. Um, speaking of, you know, more hirings that we had. It was a big day today. Um, 
the Eagles, speaking of Chip Kelly, the Eagles end up filling their spot. Penderson coming in. He was the um, offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, they hired him. Um, I thought this one was kind of, I mean, I think he's done, don't get me wrong, I think he's done an excellent job, but with the guys that were out there, you know, uh, I thought that this was a little bit of a head scratcher. I mean, I don't have anything against him. I think he is a good coach, uh, but he's, he's been an offensive coordinator for the Chiefs the last three seasons, but they really, I mean, they were good last year and they were great this year, so he's had like one great season as an offensive coordinator. Um, and then he's going to get the head coaching job of the Eagles. Just, I think he's a good coach. I don't want to take anything away from him, but it just seemed like the depth this year at the coaching uh, spot was. I mean, there were so many coaches to choose from, big names to choose from. That I just thought that this was a head scratcher. What do you guys think about this one? Uh, I think. Oh, go ahead, Amos. Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say that the owner for the Eagles reports came back when they fired Kelly that Peterson was a guy that they were targeting because uh, he missed that Andy Reid kind of mentality and at his head coaching position, and he was highly targeting Peterson to kind of get that back in there and to get them rolling how they were with Reid in there. And I think earlier today there was a report that uh, they were interested in Tom Coughlin, who obviously, in case nobody heard, he removed his name from the hat. I think it was like 2, 2.30 this afternoon, so... They probably said, well, we need to jump on Peterson before someone else locks him up, is my take on the entire thing. Yes. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by hiring, actually, to be honest with you. But as I mentioned, he's only had one really great year as an offensive coordinator. But at the same time, you got to look at the quarterback. Alex Smith has done a really good job of not turning the football over. So he must be coaching Alex Smith right somehow. If you look at the job he did after uh, – I'm sorry, after Jeremy – I'm sorry, after um, – Jamal Charles went down. They even able to run the ball. They they were at least fifth in or sixth running yard in rush yards, total rush yards in the season. They were tied for first with uh, 19 rushing touchdowns with two other teams. I believe it was the Bills and the Panthers. So they definitely know how to run the ball. And I think that when you look at the uh, Dallas, when you look at Philadelphia's running back, you know, as long as they keep McFadden, which I think you know maybe maybe they should keep him, and then they can use him and uh, Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles is still you know a good option at running back because he is getting up there in age. You can run all and They might be able to run the ball pretty well and smart football and let the quarterback manage the game and then let the defense, hopefully they can get some good defense pieces and try to win this division. That's something huge. All right. And other news here, the Buccaneers, this one was for shocker. Uh, Lovey Smith was fired and they brought in Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator. He's going to take over. Um, you know, this I don't think was just a surprise at all. I think actually on – me and Amos talked about it this week, but last week um, on our show, and it just seemed like where they were going, I even brought up the rumors that it wanted to keep him with Winston. Uh, so, Cotter's in there, and he's going to take over as the head coach. What are you guys' thoughts on this one? To be honest with you, my thoughts on this one are about the same with Ben McAdoo being hired is why. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think he's that much sought after. I, I think he's an average offensive coordinator. I think there's a lot of talent on that Tampa offense. It's just, I don't know. It must surprise me. I was surprised. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I know that Jameis Winston and him were reportedly close, and part of the reason why they fired Love is that allegedly was that they didn't want to lose this guy. And I know that the, the offense improved. When you look at the offense, it improved because Doug Martin had a had another great year, his best year since his rookie season. After a couple, of, you know, some years in between, 
where he sort of just fell off. And I understand that, but is this guy really going to be a culture? And are players going to look at him and think, well, did this guy threaten to leave unless um, unless Lovey Smith was fired? Because people are always going to speculate about what really happened. And I don't mean to reach with that, but are players going to look at him and say, well, Lovey Smith was fired for this guy? And if things start going bad in 2016, are players going to turn on him because Lovey Smith was fired for the offensive coordinator? You know, again, this is another situation to keep an eye on because this could either work out or this could get really ugly if things go really bad this season in Tampa Bay. You know, it's, you just don't know what's going to happen, and it's it's something definitely to watch out for. Yeah, I agree with you guys on that one too. Uh, it didn't come as a surprise, but at the same time, I think I was listening to Colin Coward or somebody that about how loaded this Tampa Bay team is. They're just on the cusp of making the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think – I'm just kind of at a loss for that. Well, like Amos said, you know, the biggest question is why you still have Mike hanging out there. But again, Shanahan kind of has destroyed quarterbacks' careers. So uh, that that's just the way I think. And last, uh, before we go to commercial break, uh, Ben McAdoo getting promoted from the Gents. Uh, what do you guys think of that one? I, mean, I like it. Go ahead, Peter. Sorry. I like it because... Eli Manning shouldn't try to go into another offense in, the, in next season because, he, you know, he's not exactly uh, a young I – mean, he's still – I think he still has got a lot left in the tank, but when you really think about how much he probably has left in his career-wise, you don't want to keep changing offensive coordinators. So it makes sense. I thought he had a, a really good year, actually, this past season with that offense. Um, I think just the lack of weapons kind of hurt him in points in the season. So good move, uh, but they also need to fix that defense. So – but at the same time, I think it's good that they kept him on board as a head coach. He knows the players. He knows, you know, he has a system in place. So good, good for him. And I think he'll do a, a pretty okay job this season. And I, I think he'll he'll last here three or four seasons as long as he wins games. But if not, he'll probably be out in two years just based on how coaches are out in two years in the league right now. You know, it seems like every two years coaches are getting fired after barely having anything to work with or start. So, yep, good, good hire, but you know, we'll see what happens. I'm actually going to disagree on this angle. I thought Ben McAdoo was not a good hire. I thought there was many better coaches out there to be sought after. And from what I read is they were worried that if they brought in another head coach that they wouldn't like Ben McAdoo and they would have to replace him. But the ownership liked him so much. He still had a year left under his OC contract, so they went ahead and you know hired him as head coach. I understand that. And they were afraid someone else, you know, couldn't run that system with him taking over the duties. But you got guys out there in Miami like Bill Lazor, who's also a Green Bay guy, runs that same system. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in as the offensive coordinator. But I just I think there's better guys out there for that job. And then McAdoo, I think that's a real risky play. I completely agree. Uh, we actually got our first text of the night uh, and it says Ben McAdoo was a bad call. Uh, from our first, and I'm gonna agree. I just I think it's the same note as Penderson is is good coach. I have nothing against him. Think he's job where he has been, uh, but the depth at I don't think we've ever seen a coaching pool that was this deep and had this much talent in it. And I think to go out there and to grab a guy, um, you know, that would just because he fits your system. They made the same exact move that Tampa Bay did. They just really didn't want to get rid of their their offensive coordinator because it had, he had a good relationship with their quarterback. I mean, the quarterback is why Ben McAdoo was hired, and it was why that um, why Cutter was hired in Tampa Bay. Before we go to commercial, 
Uh, I got one question for you guys, and I'll hand it. And then Ryan, you can just when you answer, you can just take us out. Uh, uh, who was the best off-season head coaching hire? Uh, I'll go first and say I think the the Dolphins with Adam Gase was probably one of the better ones. I agree. I think it's Adam Gase up to the point. If Tennessee hires McDaniel's, then I think it's the McDaniel's hire. Yeah, I think it's both of those as well. Yeah, I'm definitely with Adam Gates on that one. Great hire, and I think he's going to help fix Ryan Tannehill. I know this isn't a popular pick, but I'm going to go with Chip Kelly for the 49ers. He has, That's a uh, good one. He's a proven winner. You know, he's he's won at every level that he's been at, um, and they're getting a guy that I think could uh, work wonders, too, with the quarterback that they have in there with Kaepernick, as long as they can keep him. But that's all we have uh, for the first half of the show here. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal. Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back now, you hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm-hmm, good and terrible. Seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids, one eight seven seven cars for kids donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a steak on his eye but why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think all right you're listening to the free parking show here on jock journal radio we're back now uh real quick wanted to talk about the real men block if you haven't seen this yet they're selling t-shirts they're selling hoodies but it's more than just that leon cersei uh played in the nfl uh for quite some time was a pro bowl uh offensive tackle an outstanding player um for the pittsburgh steelers uh and you know several other teams miami dolphins uh for the one season he played there um but a really great, and he made these shirts, it's Real Men Block. It's about this campaign uh, for all the offensive linemen out there, the unsung heroes. You've heard us talk about it, the guys that battle in the trenches. I actually ordered mine tonight in my old high school colors, uh, blue and gold, so it's 
I'm looking forward to getting to getting it. Um, but it's it's about all those guys. He's I heard him talk today. If anybody listens to the Sports Drive, uh, you know he's talking about how he wants to build it into, into camps, and he actually does uh, does work with um, high school players that are going into the college ranks. Uh, he said he's working with two guys that are coming out of the CFL, looking to to try to make it into the NFL and. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing, but these real man block, like the shirts, the hoodies, I mean, they're all, they're really cool. Uh, you need to check them out. I know Amos has checked them out and like we were talking about it on this show the other night and they are awesome and really cool. So you should check it out. Uh, if you go to, um, the jock journal website, uh, scroll down, you'll see the ad for it. Click the ad. It'll take you right to it. And there's t-shirts, hoodies, the the logo's really cool, uh, and there's all kinds of different colors and stuff, so you can get it um, in the color that you want and the size that you want. There's youth and adult sizes, uh, so everybody can, um, you know, get get exactly what you want. They're really, really nice. You should check them out. That's Real Men Block, Leon Circe's, uh runs that company, owns it, long time, um, NFL tackle uh we actually got our first text and i sent out the information to to let us know your picks um and someone sent in a little bit early here but their picks for this round seattle kansas city denver arizona kansas city not a popular pick in this group i imagine we have a lot of patriots fans (laughs) but if you want to you want to let us know who you think should make it who you think is going to make it to the rec- next round of the championship round, uh, give us a call at 405-562-5463 or text us at 77948. The first word has to be text, space, and then whatever your message is. Um, we'd love to hear from you who your picks are. Um, and we're going to head into the games right now, I believe, Rich. Yes, uh, opening up on Saturday 435, uh, Kansas City travels to New England. A lot of controversy coming out of New England with the Chandler Jones issue that went up. And apparently Gronk, they're, they're saying he went for some sort of knee procedure. When they asked him about it, he's like, no, I'm, I'm good to go. You know, he kind of refuted the report, which that's just the way the typical Patriot way is. is they don't buy into, we're going to feed the media whatever they want to hear. And in case you didn't know about the Chandler Jones thing, before we get into the game picks, one thing that Bill Belichick said today kind of made me chuckle. Uh, they were asking him about Chandler Jones, and they said, what's Chandler Jones' availability? He said, well, how about I just fax you over a game plan? Or he, goes, yeah, he goes, how about I Xerox you a copy of the game plan, and then you can just send it over to Kansas City. So I was like, it was a typical Bill Belichick answer on that one. But to me, okay, so on this game, I, the way I look at it is this, it is the health of both teams. Uh, Jeremy Macklin obviously is the the stretch the field receiver for Kansas City. Gronkowski is another go-to guy. I, I think this comes down to the battle of the trenches for the simple fact that, and a lot of Kansas City fans, I know Matt's one from one of our shows, and there's a bunch of them on my, and some of the football groups are talking about, you know, we're going to come in and win this football game. If you guys can get after the quarterback and, and disrupt Tom Brady, and that offensive line breaks down, yes, I think Kansas City can beat New England. That's obviously how New England plays football. They they get rid of the – I think Tom Brady gets rid of the ball in like 2.32 seconds or something like that. But then, you know, this is the first time in, in the entire – since uh, Edelman got hurt that he's had LaFell, Edelman, Dola, Gronk, a uh, new budding star, and uh, Keyshawn Martin. Then you got James White coming out of the backfield. 
So it's not like the same old Patriots we saw, you know, before the injury. This is a new Patriots team, obviously, going into the playoffs. I am going to take the Patriots, but I don't expect them to blow them out, although I could see somebody blowing the other one out in any of these games. That's just the way the NFL goes. I'm going to take them by a three-score, you know, not a three-score, by a three-point win here. What do you think, Peter? So I did some research um, on this game last night because I wrote the preview for it, and Kansas City and New England kind of have some similar some similar happenings on the offensive and defensive lines. Both teams have, gave, have given up a fair amount of sacks. Tom Brady's been sacked 38 times. Chiefs quarterbacks have been sacked 46 times. And then both teams are in the top five for sacks defensively. So I think it's going to come down to who can rush the pass, who can do a better job rushing the passer, and also who can do a better job protecting the passer. And right now, unless New England's offensive line gets better, I'm not exactly sure what kind of job they're going to do. But as you've already mentioned, they've got Edelman back. So they'll have Edelman, Amendola, Gronkowski. Scott, I, I think the other, other tight end that they have, uh, Chandler is great. Uh, Scott Chandler. And then you, well, he's great for like a second tight end, I think, in that offense because they're not going to ask him to do too much. And you got Keyshawn Martin, Brandon LaFell, James White. So Brady will have his weapons out there. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very, very close, like you said, Rich. Now I'm going to take the Patriots in this one. And, I really thought about this. I think I'm going to take him 24-20. If Jeremy Macklin was healthy, um, I think you, the score might be a little bit closer than that, maybe like 24-23. But I think not having Macklin out there hurts the Chiefs. I, I think it gives him three less points. Well, no, he'll be out there, but injured. But I think it gives him maybe three, three to three to seven points less, and then they might score with him fully healthy, just based on how important he's been for that offense. And the New England's going to have to try to force Alex Smith into making some mistakes because. He only threw seven interceptions all season long and never lost a fumble. So they're going against a quarterback who makes smart decisions, and this team has won 11 in a row. So they're hot, and New England better be able to find a way to cool them off, or it could be a long afternoon for them in Foxborough. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to go with New England outright in this game. Understands the battle in the trenches. It's going to be Vollmer and Cannon uh, and versus Holly and Houston. And I think New England's going to get together. I think they're going to offensively scheme it correctly to get Brady an extra protection, get people on chip blocks, do whatever they need to do to get it done. But I think the biggest thing sitting on this game is week four and the 2014 season. The complete blow up Kansas City did to New England in Kansas City. I think the Patriots still have them in the back of their mind. And I think they're going to go out there and I think they're going to play the right scheme against Kansas City. And I trust... Brady to throw on that defense more than I trust Alex Smith to get the ball downfield. And I, I just, I don't see this being much as a game as everyone thinks. I think that it's going to be separated by at least 14 points. And I think the Patriots are going to handle this and be very, just kind of a walk in the park for them Sunday. We got a, before I tell you my pick, we got a text in here from, uh, the 740 area says Tom Brady will spin the game on his ass. <laughs> so evidently a Chiefs fan sitting in there. Um, but I think Is that, that our good friend Matt texting in. <laughs> <laughs> it could it's from be. Ohio, actually, the Columbia area code. So wherever they are, if you're if you're a Browns fan, shut the hell up. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> Go pray to Hugh Jackson. <laughs> um this is a tough one for me to call. I think this, you know, both teams obviously. It's hard to pick against the Patriots at home, um, especially in playoff time. This team plays so well in their own stadium. Um, but you know, the Chiefs have what, like, what is it, like, eleven games, 
in a row. I mean, they, they've been absolutely phenomenal. They are the hottest team in the NFL. You can't argue that right now. Um, so I like looking at the key matchups here. Uh, I think that, you know, you, uh, Peter brought up a great point that I did a little bit of research in this game. Is I think that both quarterbacks are going to spend the time under a lot of pressure uh, because both these teams are able to get to the quarterback um, but both of these both of these teams have had struggles across the offensive line in this season, uh, and you saw what what happened to the Patriots in the final week of the season with uh, the Dolphins end up winning, and a lot of that had to do with their ability to pressure Brady, and they had Brady scrambling or or on his butt, as our texters said, uh, almost the entire game. So I think that's going to be a huge factor. Then you talk about some of these stars that we're seeing. Uh, you know, with uh, the Gronkowski thing, that seemed like it didn't hold much water. I, you know, I saw that report and then saw Gronk saying like that he was fine, he was going to play. Um, and then uh, Macklin coming in, you're, he's not 100% right now. I think we know that. Uh, and then you have the whole, you know, uh, Chandler Jones running around shirtless, high on synthetic <laughs> marijuana, praying to all kinds of gods outside of police stations. Uh so you know you don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, we know that Bill Belichick has been pretty strict on his team in the past. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. So this this game was hard to pick for me. It was really tight. Um, I am going to take the Patriots though. I it just you know the edge being they play in Foxborough, uh, and, and that team plays so well in the playoffs at home. Um, and I think if you put I like Alex Smith. I love Alex Smith. Not taking anything away from him. He played excellent this season. But you put Alex Smith and uh, Tom Brady, uh, both of them under pressure, and you're going to tell me I have to pick one of these quarterbacks I think it's going to play better? I mean, I'm going to take Tom Brady, of course. I, you know, I mean, he's arguably the best, but definitely in the conversation of best of, uh, quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and, and Alex Smith, is. I mean, he's played phenomenal this year, but he's nowhere near that conversation. So it, to me, I think that is. I think that you know Kansas City has a, definitely does have a better pass rush um, than the Patriots do, but I still think that the Patriots are going to bring a lot of heat and uh, they're going to switch it up. You know, Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded guy, and he and he loves finding sneaky ways to take out. I mean, I think I've heard I've heard Amos and Peter and, and Rich say it a thousand times. Bill Belichick takes away what you do best. And they're not wrong. He always seems to do that, and he always seems to come up with a way to win. So I'm going to take the Patriots by a close margin. Uh, Green Bay, Arizona. I'm not. I'm not sold on what the Packers did against the Redskins last week. That that's just the way I feel about it. I think Green Bay got a little bit lucky, you know. And, and that's not taking anything away from the Redskins, but they were a team that was there, and they needed a team from that division to be there. So. I think we're going to see the Green Bay Packers going to Arizona and probably lose this game. I'm going Arizona all the way here. Peter? This one, uh, man, this was a tough one for me. I, I, I thought about Green Bay for a little bit, but I kind of came back to my senses. And I and so I figured, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one at home. You know, I like what Green Bay did against Washington, but I think Arizona to me is a more experienced team. Uh, Carson Palmer's been in the playoffs twice before, but uh, the first playoff game he ever played, and he suffered a, a torn knee. Uh, like the first, I think first pass attempt of the game, and then the second time into the playoffs, they they, they lost the suggestion. Those were both with the Bengals. So I know, but I know that's not a lot. But Carson Palmer's been in the playoffs twice before. He's a veteran. 
And that's not to say the Packers aren't either, but I think Green Bay's going to have a hard time throwing against the secondary and against the defense that is Arizona. And we saw what Arizona did to them earlier in the season. They beat the crap out of Aaron Rodgers, and they, they ended up beating him up so bad they had to pull him from the game because they were getting blown out. So I'm going to take Arizona at home in this one. I think it's going to be a decisive win. I wouldn't be surprised to see if I, I win by 14 to 20 points just based on the major differences of these teams. Green Bay, Green Bay cannot to me, an opinion to go from the East Coast back to the West Coast to try to win another road playoff game is going to be too hard for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Arizona as well. Carson Palmer is the last quarterback left in the playoffs without a postseason win. I think he gets his first one against Green Bay. And I, it comes to me, it comes down to more than anything is health. Uh, Arizona's just a healthier team. You got, you know, that three wide receiver set they're going to tear apart Green Bay with. And Green Bay's got some injury on defense. They got injury on offense. Uh, I think a report came out that Devontae Adams may not even play this weekend. I think it comes down to just a lack of weapons for Green Bay. And I think a big playmaker in this game will be uh, Dion Buchanan, the safety linebacker for Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking Arizona. I I think that's not even going to be close. Um, Last week we saw – the Packers win and <clears throat> a game that, you know, I think a lot of people thought they were going to lose against Washington, but you cannot compare Washington's pass rush to Arizona's. Um, Arizona has a, a, you know, they get to the quarterback, they make you make mistakes. Their defense is much better. And we saw, uh, you know, uh, Rodgers take advantage of the the youth and inexperience that on that defense. This is a very, very smart defense that you're playing in Arizona. You're not going to be able to do those things. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously is one of the best, if not the best in the league right now. Um, but he's alone on that team pretty much. Uh, so I don't think that they're going to – I think they're going to struggle a lot, and I completely agree. I think Arizona wins this, and I think that by the end of the game it's going to be by 10 points or more. And Sunday starts up at 1 o'clock. It's Seattle at Carolina. Oh, man, I went back and forth on this game quite a bit. And this is the thing that I've been saying on the Panthers all year. I've been saying they were going to go one and done. So I'm going to stick to that pick. With it being a point and a half spread, I think it's not really considered an upset, even though the, you know Carolina is favored. But I'm actually going to take Seattle in this game just for the simple fact that for whatever reason they're coming away with these wins week in and week out. We saw what happened on, on this uh, the, during Wild Card Weekend. They, they just, you know, they they lucked up, and something tells me that they've got a game plan for Greg Olson. Uh, like I said, Seattle all the way, Peter. Oh man, uh, this one was another tough one for me. I, I looked at it, but I'm going to take Carolina at home in this one. I don't trust Seattle enough to go into Carolina and win, especially if Marshall Lynch can't go again this week. I think Carolina just has too much defensively, and I think they've got a good offense in order to beat this team. you got to remember, Seattle almost lost last week. They could, they should have, in my opinion, lost that game. Um, you know, I don't mean to sound disrespectful and call them lucky, but that I think their luck runs out against Carolina. I think Cam Newton and the, and the Panthers lay a beatdown on Seattle. I just don't trust Seattle's offense against Carolina and Carolina. Carolina is just phenomenal at home. And um, you know, I just I can't bet that I can't bet against them at home right now. They're fifteen and one for a reason. I'm actually going to go with Seattle in this game. I think it just comes down to once again. I think it's weapons and personnel. I think Seattle is. I know they lost him earlier in the season, but I think they're going to change it around with postseason experience. I know Cam Newton's had a great season. He's probably the number one guy for MVP. 
But I think Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, I think they just have they're going to have the right game plan offensively to expose Josh Norman, who struggled the last couple of weeks, letting up some big games to wideouts. And I, just, I think they're the better all-around team. Uh, I think they're supposed to have Marshawn Lynch back this weekend too. And I just, I, I can, I don't know. I just don't think Carolina is going to be able to pull it out. I don't think they're ready yet. I think had they had still had Kelvin Benjamin healthy, I think that's a completely different topic. But I think Seattle gets the win in Carolina. This one is a really, uh, really hard game to pick. I think that these two teams match up really well. I think this is for me the game of the week. Um, but I do think. Uh, I do think that the um, that Seattle's going to end up losing this one. I think I'm going to take Carolina Panthers. I wasn't going to because I don't like how one-dimensional this team has been. They, they, I mean, you look at the numbers; they're near the bottom of the league in passing this year. Um, Olsen's like really their only uh, reliable target, and uh, so it's all in the running game. And then they're playing a, a tough defense, but. I, I was going to take Seattle, but, man, that performance last week was very, very bad. And and Peter said that don't want to call them lucky. Like, I, I don't care. I don't care who hears it. They're lucky. They're the luckiest team in the NFL, and they shouldn't have won that game. Um, and they got unbelievably lucky to, to beat Minnesota. And that game changed my opinion of this team because uh, I thought that, that we were going to see more of the same, more of the the playoffs that we've seen with Seattle. But they looked very lackluster. That defense easily shut them down. Um, and I think that the Panthers have a better defense than Minnesota. It's not to take anything away against Minnesota, but I don't think they're going to be able to do anything against the Panthers. You know, the Panthers have home field advantage. So I'm going to end up taking Panthers. I think Cam Newton's a difference maker in this. I think that Greg Olson will be a big difference maker in this game as well. And last but not least, closing out the the divisional round is uh, Pittsburgh at Denver. This is another tough one. I, I think it been bit, had Big Ben been a hundred percent, Antonio Brown been a hundred percent. I think Pittsburgh runs away with this game. I don't think that Peyton Manning is as healthy as everybody says they are. Uh, I think I'm just going to have to take the Broncos because they're at home, and it pains me to say that because I really wanted the AFC Championship game to be played in Boxborough, but that's just the way it goes. I, I'll take uh, De- Denver in this game. I'm taking Denver in this game, too. I don't know how much I trust the Steelers now with Ben, with ben Roethlisberger with that shoulder injury and Antonio Brown. We don't know if he's going to play this weekend. And even, if, even if he does... He probably won't be the same if you know because he was concussed. And speaking from experience with concussions, those do take a while to heal from. And the other thing too is you got to think about it. They're heading to another road, another road game in high altitude. I'm not exactly sure how altitude affects him um, with his brain and concussion. You know, I I don't know how that works, so I'm not gonna try to see it would affect him or wouldn't. But I think just having that extra stress on the body of playing in a high altitude on top of the concussion. Again, not saying they're related. It would be a little bit too much for Antonio Brown to try to go in this game. And then you look at the running game. If Andrew Williams won't be back, I don't see the Steelers being able to run the ball well against Denver, and I think it's going to cause them to throw the ball too much. And then Denver can sort of beat up on Ben Roethlisberger and get him on the ground and then take the game away. Uh, I think it'll be a lot closer than maybe people think it will because I don't trust, I don't think Peyton Manning is going to throw too much because his, his arm in the cold weather just isn't good. His arm hasn't been good this year, period. Uh, remember that the beginning, sorry, they won the game with Peyton Manning coming in. 
five and nine passing. So I think he's going to throw like maybe 20 passes to run the ball. And I'm going to take the Broncos. If I had to pick a score, 21 to 17, just because it's going to be a little scoring affair. Peyton Manning's healthy playing in the playoffs at home. That's all right, because Captain Crunch is definitely going to do that and crumble. I'm taking the Steelers all the way. I think that they have all the weapons to get it done. I know Antonio Brown's hurt, but Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, and if D'Angelo Williams is healthy and back playing, I'll take an injured Ben Roethlisberger over a healthy Peyton Manning in the playoffs any day of the week. Are you there, this Ryan? One, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, this one for me, I think I would have taken the um, the Steelers, just like you guys said, if, uh, you know, if Big Ben I knew was going to be healthy. I I hate to say this, but I don't think that Antonio Brown's nearly as injured as he says he is, and I think I'm going to go on record saying that I guarantee that he plays on Sunday, but um, I do, you know, it's a huge loss. They're not winning. They're not beating, you know, the Browns with Landry Jones, let alone a, a playoff caliber team. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So if, if Big Ben can't go, and they're saying that he has torn ligaments in his throwing shoulder, so I don't see how he's, possibly he's going to be able to throw the football um, effectively against this team. And you're talking about the best defense in football uh, that he has to go up against with the Broncos. Um so no, I think that uh, they're gonna the Steelers are gonna lose this game, and I think that Peyton Manning is. I'll go on record as saying right now that I think that this will easily be Peyton Manning's best game of the season up to this point. I think that he's gonna come out looking good, looking strong. Uh, he's gonna quiet everybody that's been questioning him. I think he's gonna look real good in this game, uh, and remind you that he still has a little bit of gas left in that tank. And real quickly, as we always do, lock, upset, intrigue. Uh, lock of the week, can, or New England over Kansas City, the golden rule. We've said it all year. You don't bet against New England at home in the playoffs uh, in Foxborough. Uh, upset of the week, I'm taking Seattle over Carolina. And my intrigue of the week is Pittsburgh and Denver because if, you know, for, for whatever reasons they're healthy, it's going to be an interesting game at Pittsburgh's healthy, that is. Peter. So, uh, so we're doing lock, lock of the week. Lock, upset, intrigue. All right. Well, my intrigue, my intrigue of the week. I'll start with that. I'm going to go with Steelers or Broncos just because of the injury to Big Ben and see how that's going to affect them. Lock of the week for me is New England over Kansas City, and then upset. Technically, I don't think any of the games I pick were an upset. So if I ha- if I had to pick a game that was considered enough that it would be Seattle over Carolina, even though I think Carolina should be able to beat beat down the Seahawks, maybe Seattle. And you know, again, we just don't know what they're what they're made of. Maybe if I had to pick an upset and go against my pick, it would be that one. But those are mine. My lock of the week will be Arizona over Green Bay. My upset is. Steelers over the Broncos and intrigue all of them it's divisional round all right my my lock of the week um I think I'm gonna go with the Broncos over the Steelers my upset of the week I didn't pick an upset uh but if I had to pick one I think it's gonna be Kansas City over New England 
Um, my intrigue of the week is to see exactly who Chandler Jones was praying to when he was high outside of that police station. Was <laughs> was he? Was it like a Christian god? Was it like Buddha? Or was he pulling? Probably like so Belichick wouldn't kill him when he found out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he already he already punched him in the eye. What are you talking about? <laughs> or was he pulling like a was he pulling like a Ricky Bobby and just running around like Tom Cruise? <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> Uh, once again, guys, thanks for listening in tonight. Tune in tomorrow night for the free-for-all. Peter and I are going over the movie The Hunt for Red October. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Nash and Matt's show, followed by The Stretch. We will. Uh, and if you're not on the show tomorrow night, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, we will see you tomorrow night. And uh, uh, Amos and Ryan, we will catch you guys on Monday. No, that's, that's Amos right. and Bernie. Don't get it confused. Uh, we're out of here guys good night well there you have it the boys were at it again we hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast we hope you had a good night and stay right where you are another show is coming up y'all come back now you hear